chapter three, Shmuel This is really an action-packed chapter. Definitely one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's got everything. It's got the emotions that drive these biblical figures to do the things they do. So much is going on. The chapter is basically about the unification of the Davidic dynasty, where Avner brings the Malchut to David. But within that framework, there are so many subplots going on and there's motives that drive each and every character here. So it opened up with a quarrel between Avner and Ishboshet, which causes Avner to decide that he will use his considerable sway to bring the kingdom from Beit Shaul to David. And that's what he starts to do. He goes to the leaders of the tribes. He tells them, you know that David was always fit to be the king. You always liked him. So it's time to unite the kingdom under David. That's what Avner says to the heads of the tribes. And then he approaches the tribe of Binyamin separately to convince them. And then when he knows that he has the support of the nation to back David, he makes the trip to Hebron, which at this point is David's capital. Just like Washington, D.C. is the capital, you have Hebron, D.C., where D.C. stands for David's capital, soon to be Yushalayim, D.C. Just kidding. So Avner makes the trip to Hebron, takes 20 men with him. We mentioned in Oleshur, that's not a huge entourage. He's depending on David to protect him. And this, of course, is an important meeting. It's like the summit, you know. Think of a meeting between world leaders, you know, on the White House lawn at Camp David or something like that, Lahavdil. But that's what this is. It's a big event. So Avner and David have this meeting, and Avner calls him King David, by the way, for the first time we see that term used. And the meeting seems to go well. And we left off where Avner tells David that he's now going to leave Hebron and get this unification thing done. He'll gather all of Israel as he says, to make a covenant with David so that David can reign, as Avner says, you can reign over all that your soul desires. And the last verse we read is that David sent Avner off, Bishalom, sent him off in peace. Now it says in Tractate Brachot, page 64, it says like this, that when you part from a friend, you should say to him, Lech Lishalom, go to peace, not lech b'shalom, not go in peace, but literally lech l'shalom, go to peace or for peace. How do we know? Well, they bring the verse, when Yitro spoke to his son-in-law, Moses, he said to him, lech l'shalom. That's what he said when Moses departed from him in Midian. Yitro said, lech l'shalom, go to peace. And Moses indeed went on to succeed. It was a good parting blessing. But on the other hand, David said to Avshalom, he says to him, Lech Bishalom, not Lech Lishalom, Lech Bishalom. A little bit of a difference there, which literally means go in peace. And we saw that after that, Avshalom ended up dead, stuck in a tree. So that's a pretty interesting distinction. Lech Bishalom, Lech Lishalom. Lech Bishalom is like a curse. And Lech Lishalom is a blessing. I'm not sure what the difference is, Grammatically, I'm not sure why that should make such a big difference, but obviously it does. It seems to be the difference between life and death here. And so David unconsciously is signing Avner's death certificate by saying to him, Lech b'shalom. Again, I don't see why saying go in peace is so bad. There's got to be something deeper going on. 
but that's what it says in Tractate Brachot. Okay, so let's pick it up. Verse 22, Avner has departed from David. He's leaving Hebron. And it says like this, Vihine, and behold, Yoav of David, Yoav and the army, Ba Megdud, they return from a raid, Vishalal Rav Imam Heviu, and they brought lots of plunder with them. And the verse continues, Avner enenu im David and Avner was not in Hebron anymore. Kishelcho, David sent them off, Vilech Bishalom, and he went in peace. We know what that means. He went in peace, all right. Okay, so we know something bad's about to happen. This is very ominous. But notice it says at the beginning, Vihine, Vihine, Yoav and David's servants are coming back from the raid. So when you have Vihine, in English they'll say, and behold, what it means is that something unexpected, right? And behold, it's a surprise. It's something that nobody was expecting. Vihine, Yoav's coming back. Nobody expected that. That's why it says Vihine. And then the verse goes on to say that David isn't with Avner anymore. And so the verse is letting us know that David will have nothing to do with what's about to happen. But one thing is for sure, David probably hurried to get Avner out of there before Yoav returns. But more on that later. Let's go to the next verse. And Yoav arrived with all the soldiers. And it was told to Yoav, Avner Bener, Elamelech, Avner Bener, has come to the king. And the king sent them away and he went in peace. Okay, let's just stop for a second because we know something bad is going to happen here because in a few verses, Yoav is going to murder Avner and we want to examine these verses here already and see why it's going to happen and how this thing develops. Let's look at the dynamics and the human factors involved that led to the murder of Avner Bener. And I want to read now how Rabbi Kahana explains these verses and how this is partially David's fault for avoiding the issue. After all, David knows there's a problem between Yov and Avner. So let's read the rabbi's commentary here. It's hard to imagine that a huge event like this, the arrival of Avner, the great adversary up to now, the great hater, he comes to Hebron. And there wasn't an official ceremony. I mean, like I said, it was an official kind of meeting, but it wasn't really grandiose. Why? How could Yoav not be there for an important meeting like this? But it seems to be that David was worried about the hate that Yoav had for Avner. And so David intentionally sent Yoav out of town to some battle somewhere. In order that Yoav wouldn't be there when Avner arrived in Hebron. And Yoav, we see, he didn't even know about Avner's arrival to Hebron. I mean, he should have known about it, right? He's David's head of the army. It is a big deal that Avner's coming. How does he not know? The only reason he found out is because people told him about it. Khan, Pamarishana. And so here for the first time, we see for the first time how much David wants to avoid any confrontation with Yoav. 
And that's something we'll see as we go along that Yoav is so powerful, David really sometimes can't control him in a way. And we already see here, the fact that Yoav was not invited to this ceremony because David feared that Yoav wouldn't accept what's going on. He's avoiding the issue. He's sending Yoav out of town. It means he's afraid to confront Yoav head on. And the rabbi continues, and instead of David taking a strong position, and tell Yoav that, hey, I've made up my mind. I'm making shalom with Avner here. That's my decision. Take it or leave it. That's what David should have done. He doesn't do that. He avoids the issue. And that creates the problem. Because now Yoav is getting paranoid. He comes back and says, hey, what's going on? And now Rabbi Kahana says something else kind of parenthetically, but it's important. And it's very likely that David is going to appoint Avner to be the head of his army. I mean, it makes sense if you want to unite the tribes, if you want to be the king over all of Israel, getting Avner on board with you as your captain of the host, it definitely expands your base, which David wants to do. Yoav is totally identified with Yehuda and David's family and the Davidic dynasty, etc. Avner is a great choice politically. Now we can't say for sure that David was about to make Avner his captain of the host. But let's remember how this meeting started. What did Avner say to David? Let's make a pact. Let's make a brit. Now, I never got into that, but what do you mean make a brit? What was that going to be? You don't think Avner was expecting something in exchange for all his political lobbying that he's doing for David? So it is very likely that when David would be king over all of Israel, Avner was going to be his Sarat Sava, his captain of the host, not Yoav. Again, it makes a lot of political sense. Avner is a good Jew. He's a great military mind. You got to play politics once in a while. Anyway, that's another reason why David didn't want Yoav around during this meeting. Because Yoav hates Avner because Avner killed his brother Asael in the last chapter. But now we have this other issue where there's going to be a jealousy and animosity where Yoav, he's been loyal to David all this time. He's been with him through thick and thin in the Judean desert. And who were they running from? They were running from Avner. And now David's going to take Avner instead of Yoav. I mean, you can see why David wants to avoid having Yoav participate in this. Maybe he'll figure he'll tell him later on after the thing is done. And that's why Yoav wasn't invited purposely. And the rabbi continues, And only bad things came out of this for Avner, obviously, and for David too. Because as we're going to see, when Yoav murders Avner, that's a bad look for David, right? He didn't protect Avner. His Sarsava killed Avner. How does David look here? And the rabbi continues, And we're going to see this as we go along, that Yoav, with all his great qualities, he has no yara. He doesn't really have fear of David because, you know, David's his uncle. Remember, it's Yoav ben Tsruya. Tsruya is the older sister of David. So there might not even be a big age gap between them. But it's mishpacha. And Yoav doesn't have the fear of the king like the other servants do. And he basically does what he wants. He's a loose cannon. And he's going to kill Avner in a minute. Anyway, getting back to the rabbi's perush, it says, And we learn from this a great lesson. A person shouldn't be cunning. Shouldn't try to play tricks. But one should do things in the open. 
he should be straightforward. And do, the, and do things honestly and straight. That is, David shouldn't be embarrassed. He shouldn't be concerned. He shouldn't have to hide this. You're doing the right thing. It's a good deed. You think you're doing the right thing? Don't play games. Don't hide it. Because it's just going to make things worse. And that's what's going to happen. In other words, if David had set Yoav down, okay, and he said to him, listen, Yoav, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to unify the kingdom around Avner. I might even take him as my new captain of the host, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, Yoav would be against it, but it would be a lot harder to do what he's about to do because first of all, he'll be notified about it. So it won't be a surprise. It makes it worse when you're not told about it and then somebody tells you, hey, did you hear what's going on? David and Avner are making a pact and Avner just left. So it allows Yoav's imagination to run wild. But if he was told about it before, if David sat him down and didn't try to put it off, it might have changed the situation. Now, the verse also says that Yoav is coming back. What does it say? That Yoav and his guys, they got a lot of plunder with them. They got a lot of spoil from the enemy that they just raided. And the Abarbanel comments that the verse says that they came with a lot of plunder and all. That also contributed to what Yoav did that the victory that they had gave him a lot of courage, that Yoav's coming back with all that spoil and he's feeling macho. I mean, he's feeling on top of the world, Superman. And so he was like in the mindset of like the victor. He's coming back from battle. He's been killing, he's been pillaging, obviously being very aggressive. That's how you have to be to win a war. So that aggressiveness and that feeling of being King Kong, right? It spills over to what's going on now. That's why it says he's coming back with all this shalal, all this plunder. And the Mitsudat David says the same thing as the Barbanel. He says like this, Because Yoav brought so much spoil, Malulibo, his heart became haughty, and it gave him the chutzpah to mess up the king's plans. Again, the Mitsudat David saying the same idea. His victory in battle and all the stuff he brought with him just made him feel that he can do what he wants. He was on kind of a high. He's in beast mode and he's going to mess up David's plans. Now, let's go back again at what it said. The verse says, Avner im David And Avner was not with David in Hebron because David sent him. Again, that proves what we were saying, that David wanted to set up facts on the ground behind the back of Yoav. And remember, it's not just Yoav, the problem here. Yoav, he has tremendous influence over the army. He's the head of the army. He's got guys loyal to him totally. We'll see that later on. So when David's avoiding a confrontation with Yoav, it's Yoav and the entire military we're talking about. How would they like to serve under Avda Ben-Ner, the guy that they used to run from in the Judean desert? And so the verse said that they told Yoav, right? Yoav comes back and he was told, Ba Avda Ben-Ner. Avda Ben-Ner was here. Avda Ben-Ner, you know, he is... He's the number one enemy. Not only up to now has he been with Saul all this time, but he killed Asael. And they continue to rile up Yoav and they say to him, Avner was with the king and the king sent him in peace. And the king, he sent him away, Bishalom, in peace. And so Yoav, he's amazed by it. David just invited public enemy number one, Avner Bener, and he sent him away in peace. That's how Yoav is looking at this. He's upset, of course, because he's not thinking of the peace and all that. He's thinking of his hate 
and his issues with Avner Benair. He wants to take vengeance against him. And of course, he's hurt and insulted and angry that David did all this behind his back. And of course, in the back of his mind, he's knowing that maybe Avner will be his replacement. And Rabbi Kahana adds that Yoav is saying that if Avner can just jump ship like that, that if Avner can just jump from one camp to the other, that means he's not reliable. You can't trust him. Just like he left Beit Shaul, you don't know what he's going to do later. And so Yoav on his own is going to just destroy the whole unification process here. Okay, so Yoav just got back in town, as we see. He's back in Hebron, and he's told by all these people that Avner was just here. And now Yoav is going to confront David about it. He hasn't met with David yet. He just came back from killing a whole bunch of Philistines. So he goes straight to David, and he says in verse 24, it says like this, Vayavo Yoav elamelech. And Yoav came to the king. And by the way, this is the first time that the Bible is calling David a king. We saw previously that Avner called him king. That was a first. But here it's another first that the Tanakh itself is calling David the king. And it says, And Yoav came to the king, and he said, What did you do? Look, Avner came to you. Why did you let him go? And now he's gone. And Yoav continues in verse 25. You know Avner Bener. He's come to entice you. That's what literally lefatot means. But you could say he's come to deceive you. Why, why has he really come? He wants to know your comings and your goings. He wants to know your movements. He wants to observe it. And he wants to find out everything you're doing. So Yoav is accusing Avner of spying. Avner came to Hebron to find out David's military secrets. That's what Yoav says. Okay, now a couple of things here regarding what Yoav is saying to David, explaining how he doesn't trust Avner. First of all, the way that Yoav so casually says to David in anger, at the beginning of verse 24, he says, Masita, what'd you do? And Rabbi Kana says that that's, you know, chutzpah a little bit towards the malchut, to speak that way. And that's an example of what I mentioned earlier, that Yoav, he doesn't have the awe of the king. He doesn't have fear of the king. And he speaks to David like, you know, David's his buddy. Masita, what did you do? And David, in the face of this chutzpah, really, he's totally non-confrontational with Yoav. Either he so much wants peace between everybody, he doesn't want to rebuke him or anything like that, or he just doesn't know how to handle him, which he's basically going to admit at the end of this chapter when he says, He says, those sons of Truya, they're just too hard for me. But whatever it is, we see that Yoav speaks to David like an equal. Okay, so let's look at Yoav's claim. He's saying that Avner is spying us out. He came to check out your movements. Where you're going, where you're coming from. And the Malbim points out something in the verse, very interesting, that seems redundant. What does it say in verse 24? Yoav says to David, Hine ba Avner alecha, Avner has come to you. Lamazeshalachta, why'd you send him? Ve'alechaloch, and he's gone. Now that part of the verse is definitely superfluous. Why do you have to say, Ve'alechaloch, and now he's gone? All you have to say is, Lamazeshalachta, why'd you send him? Obviously he's gone. 
he went on his way. That's another translation of he went on his way. I mean, what does that add to the verse that Avner went on his way? So the Malbim says that what Yoav is claiming here is that if Avner was genuine, that he really has come for peace, how can he go back to Ishboshet? He's betraying Ishboshet. He should be afraid to go back there. And yet, but he went on his way, which means he has no fear of returning to Ishboshet. And so he must be a spy. Because if he was betraying Ishboshet, he would just go back to him. He wouldn't, he wouldn't go back. And so that extra term, and he's went on his way, that's all part of Yoav's argument that we can't trust Avner. And this argument by Yoav may seem sound on paper, but we know that it isn't really a strong argument because Avner has already rallied the tribes to join David. And Ishboshet is afraid of Avner, not the other way around. But Yoav and David might not know all these dynamics, what's going on between Avner and Ishboshet and what's going on in Beit Shaul. So Yoav's claim that Avner is a spy because he's going back so freely back to Ishboshet, it might sound reasonable. Now we're going to end here, and I know I'm taking it slow, but as you see, almost every verse, there's a lot to examine here. And what we're going to see next week is how David reacts to Yoav's claims. And then Yoav is going to do what he's going to do. And we're going to see an ugly, premeditated murder where Yoav is going to assassinate Avner in cold blood in a devious and cruel way. And that, of course, is a big deal because Avner is one of the leaders of the Jewish people, as we see. And it's something that King David is going to have to work really hard to live that down. We'll look at that next time. 